Matt Stapp, what are your Thanksgiving plans? I'm going to go watch football. Tap and step. Your premium Texas high school football podcast from your friends, your amigos. One of us is in quarantine. The other is not in quarantine. Your buddies at Dave Campbell's Texas football and texasfootball.com. I am the quarantined one. The tap, Greg Tupper. And I'm the one who might have had it. I'm Matt Stepp. <laughs> I wasn't going to bring that up, but uh, it's okay. fine. I put it on Twitter. I mean, you know, hey. Yeah, I, oh, I guess that's right. Yeah. yeah. So we, we, you you might have had a phantom case of the Rona. Possibly. Actually, my PCR results just came in a few minutes ago, and I, I, I am still negative. So uh, I, I am negative, but I have tested – uh, now three times as I tested again just to see today for the antibodies, and all three times I have hit positive for the antibodies. So, so uh, and this is, I mean, and, and to be clear, like, COVID nineteen, by the way. Yeah, for, well, yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, but I, I in case you've been under a rock or yeah. something, hey, there's a pandemic going on. Yeah. Uh, but but the weird thing is, the weird thing is not the idea that you had it and were asymptomatic because that is that appears to be what, what we now believe to be the case because and that happens a lot that is not rare that is not rare that, no that's, it's, that's, it's i wouldn't say it's common but i'd say it's it's you know it's common enough where you're not like whoa yeah it's not so, super unusual yeah. um but then but the weird thing is this would be this would be um normal and i wouldn't give it a second thought if you hadn't been getting tested like Probably more regularly than anybody I know. Yeah, so I I did have the gap between um, so so for those of you who don't know I, I because of the my schedule that I keep and the number of football games and tra- and traveling that I do I have been have been pretty pretty consistently going every two weeks uh, for COVID tests uh, just to make sure that I'm okay and that I'm not getting anyone sick that kind of thing. It's as you know obviously I can't go test every day. Uh, I don't think my insurance would cover that. Uh, but every two weeks, I feel like I'm not going to get any red flags there. So i um, been going every two weeks. Well, uh, I tested before I went to Canada, which was, I guess, on October 10th. Mm-hmm. Uh, whenever that was, I think it was around the 10th, I, I tested. But then I hadn't tested uh, until, again, until the first round of the playoffs, that Wednesday before the first round of the playoffs, which I guess would have been November... November 10th, November 11th, whatever that okay. Wednesday was, I guess. Yeah. So uh, I had about a month there where I did not go get tested. Now, I was quarantined for a good portion of that time, but I also flew internationally during that time. So, Jeez. you know, so anyway, I tested. I, I did not test for the antibodies on before the first time when I came back. And so then last week I tested for the antibodies. I tested for the antibodies Wednesday, Thursday and today. Uh, so my doctor personally believes that when I flew back from Toronto, Mm-hmm. Uh, I flew from Chicago to, to DFW and it was a full flight. Um, mm. And we were on the run. We, we got stuck on the runway for two hours while waiting to get de-iced. So what turned into a two and a half hour flight was almost a five hour flight. Mm-hmm. She thinks it's the odds are I probably was exposed on the plane at that point. So, 
you know, but no one knows for sure. Uh, you know, there's no way we'll to tell. Know. But I, I am actually, you know, wear your mask. You know, my doctor thinks me wearing a mask helped. Um, do do your part. You know, take it seriously. I, I'm I'm definitely uh, I would consider myself uh, uh, someone who's lucky. Yes. Um, so for sure. Yeah. Well, yeah. and and in my COVID nineteen update, I can tell you that uh, I'm going to be held out of the Fox Studio one more week. They want to. I have tested negative. I got my I got my my PCR test back, uh, and it came back negative. I got and I got another one Sunday that I'm supposed to get results either Tuesday or Wednesday. Um, I don't think I have it. I I haven't had any symptoms, and at this point, I've had a negative rapid test and a negative PCR test. I'm getting one more PCR test just to make sure before I start, you know, going around licking doorknobs again. So yeah, um, yeah. you know, we'll see. That's it. Anyway, there's your COVID update from your favorite podcasters. Yeah, um, yeah. This is your small school regional semifinal preview edition of TEP and STEP. We do appreciate you being a Dave Campbell's Texas football insider. Uh, we're going to get to our game draft here in a moment, but I do. I think we would be remiss if we did not spend at least a little bit of time recapping what ended up being, I would say, I don't want to say wild ass because I don't think that there were a ton of huge upsets necessarily like there wasn't this like huge influx of 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 games that um that 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 went the other way that we thought or some most certainly but i think from a pure entertainment standpoint if you're in this as a neutral and you're in this like we are and you're in this for i want you uh young men to go entertain me um I think last week you got your money's worth and then some. There, there were some bangers last week. Not, not obviously the, the we'll talk about Miller and Land passes here in a second because I was there and I got to witness the, that that game in all its glory. Uh, but we you know we we had some really really entertaining ball games last week and it was it was a lot of fun and uh, you know I mean Bushland uh, taking down Wall in overtime. You know, kind of jumped out. I mean, a Bushland going for two there at the end. Wascom stopping Dangerfield yeah. going for two at the end of the game to win the game was was. I think that's, was, I think that's flying under the radar still. Yeah, that, that was a huge deal. Um, you know, that that's just a couple just off the top of my head. There were some games, you know, like Dumas again getting behind and, and having to rally back to win uh, was was something that that caught my my attention. Um, so th- those are just a few games, and obviously. Um, the, you know, Cal, Cal Allen, Corpus Christi, Cal Allen, you know, they had to rally late uh, to beat a real game Canyon Lake squad. So it, it, it was a it was a wild week. It was it was a fun week for sure. And then obviously it ended. I, I thought it was perfect. My, my hashtag region four after dark. Um, I, I definitely think that that came came to came true Saturday night because it felt like and it really was the entire Texas high school football world. Saturday night was focused on Ferris Stadium in San Antonio for Corpus Christi Miller and Lampasas. And, you know, pregame, I went down on the field and I talked to both coaches, which is what I do, what I always do. Um, I just wear a mask doing it this year, but I always still do it um, and make sure I say hi to let the coaches know I'm there and talk to them about postgame if they want to do it, if they're comfortable doing an interview with me, um, that kind of thing. Uh, And I told both coaches, Coach Justin Evans at Miller and Coach Troy Rogers at Lampasas before the game, just down on the field pregame, I said, you know what? I said, this is the first game that I've been to this year that I could feel that electricity in the air, like that playoff, that 
big atmosphere. Granted, it wasn't a full full house, but it was a big enough stadium where there was still a good crowd. I mean, they, you know, Ferris Stadium seats eleven thousand, and and they probably got fifty five hundred in there, maybe maybe even a little bit more. Um, but it was a big crowd, um, and, it, and it was a lively crowd. Both both schools were bands were there. It just had that big big game atmosphere, and it, it lived up to it, and then some. Man, it did. I I I watched that whole dang thing just sitting on my sitting on my couch watching watching that game and. Um, I don't know. Like I just what I what I appreciate is I just appreciate a game that lives up to the hype, man. Like, it was thoroughly entertaining. It was a thoroughly entertaining ball game. It it like like how many times do we get really geeked up about a game and then like one team doesn't show up? Like mm-hmm. or or like one team just doesn't play well or another team like we just misread the situation and we're like, "Oh no, actually, you know, turns out that that defense was really the difference or something like that." This was just like I feel like we diagnosed it perfectly, it, and then it, it was the on the money. Was, yeah, and the bottom line was, man, dude, we have this conversation in the Slack chat, and I don't want to start going too crazy over this, but Andrew Body is that dude, man. Yeah, he was he was the difference in the game. I mean, I mean, between everything else that we we thought how the game would go, we kind of we kind of thought how it would go. I thought Lampasas would win just because I thought they'd be a little more physical, but but Andrew Body was was just the difference maker in this game. He. He had that offense just humming. Uh, he was the, the conductor of that thing, and he, he made it go running and passing. I mean, he put up he, – he had a, he had one of those games that, that's going to be remembered for a long time uh, in, in the 3-6-1. It, it was a virtuoso performance, and in, in, in post-game, he, you know, I talked to him for a minute, and he was just – you know, great kid, great young man. That's what everybody said about him. He's a great kid. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm amazed that the bigger schools haven't come calling, but there's still time. I mean, if he keeps doing what he's doing, there's no doubt about it. He's he's a player, and I know Ish will be mad at me because he wants Ish, Texas, Ish, he wants Ish, Texas Ish. Southern to cook. Uh, <laughs> but I'll tell you what, he, you know, body, you know, he, he deserves all the accolades that are coming to him because he is he is a, a deserving kid. We were in our Slack chat, and 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 I can't remember if it was me or if it was you who made some sort of comments. But like, man, I can't believe Andrew Body doesn't have like the kinds of offers that he that we think he should had. And Ishmael Johnson just like shut up, shut yeah. up. Let he wants, Texas Southern he wants them, Yeah, he wants them to be. He wants he wants them to. He he wants Body to go to Texas Southern and turn that thing into a, into a, into something big, and, and he he wants him to be under the radar still. But. Man, when you when you when you throw when you go for three hundred two sixty seven four and four touchdowns, four four rushing four four passing, uh, in an area round playoff game against the number two team in the state of Texas, you're probably not going to be under the radar for much longer. Well, and by the way, that's to take nothing away from Lampasas, who had more than the stomach for the fight. I mean, they were they were in it. To, I mean, they they yeah. were. They were they were poised to win the game. I mean, they they could have easily, you know, they were down nineteen. I think Mm -hmm. was what it was. Yeah, yeah, they were down nineteen in the fourth quarter, and they 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 were there for the fight. For they they never they never gave in, and they were they were a well coached, really good team. You you can you know you can make some tactical questions, you know, after after the fact that kind of thing, but you can't question the the heart and and how hard those kids played, and that they never gave up, and they. They very nearly pulled that one out of the hat and won that game. Because if yeah. I think if Ace Whitehead gets that first down on fourth and goal, I think Lampasas scores a touchdown within two plays. Oh, and, I think and, win, right. and wins the game. So oh, yeah. uh, it was I a was, pleasure. I, I was super. I, I'm super fortunate to be there. Um, well, the schedule worked out for me to make make that game, and it was it was a, a pleasure to be there. And I, and I know it was fun getting to watch a high school football game like that and have the whole world watching it with you. What it seemed like it was. <laughs> 
it was a lot. Tw- Twitter and the Slack chat were were really fun Saturday night. It was, it was like it was like it was like state championships. You know what I mean? It's like <laughs> it's like whenever there's only one game and stuff like that. That's that's just like such a singular uh, expression. And and yes, we do want to officially put out the word that um that that Dave Campbell's Texas football is going to start working on uh, a broadcasting package that will exclusively yeah. be Region Four games, mm-hmm. and they will exclusively kick off uh like. Uh, the it's earliest gotta, kickoff will be eight. Yeah, earliest is eight o'clock. We're, we're, yeah. We we want like a nine thirty kick. It's just wanna, getting real weird with it, I, dude. I want to televise. I want to broadcast the Battle of the Arroyo, like a nine thirty kick. <laughs> okay? Let's just make it happen. Can we all just sit there and just be like, "This is great. I love it." Yeah, yeah. And then anyway. afterwards, go go eat it. Really, you know, once once all gestures and everything is over. Once all this is over, yeah. and we're we're back to doing. We, we, we can all be down in the Rio Grande Valley and just go eat at some cool place at, afterwards at 2 in the morning and just enjoy life. So it is now time for our regional semifinal draft. Um, yeah, I guess we've got – we'll do this one and then we'll do one more before we get to – then we'll do this, our semifinal mega preview, which we'll do all the games. Yeah. Uh, but at that point, I mean, it'll be weird because we'll only have um, 12 of them. Uh, yeah, because we've got 48 this week. 12, 24 next week, and then down to 12, yeah. Down to 12. It's going to be weird. Anyway, it's time for our regional semifinal draft. If this is your first episode of Tep and Step, welcome. Here's how it works. Step and I go back and forth selecting games this week that we are most interested in. This is only for 4A and below. Uh, we will have another podcast coming out tomorrow um, for 5A and 6A. We did not forget about them. We're going to do a whole podcast dedicated to the 6A, 5A ranks. But So every playoff game is eligible, 4A through 1A. Once it's picked, it's off the board. We will go three rounds. Uh, and, yeah, there's no hipster game. We'll just hear what Steph's doing this week. Uh, but we will start. We did a coin flip before the show. I won the coin flip. And so I get the first pick in this week's draft. And it, it, it's funny it's funny because I'm going to go for a game that I think is more storyline than it is necessarily um, – how do I want to put this? More storyline and more intrigue than it is necessarily I don't know who's going to win. I have a pretty good idea of who I'm picking in this game, mm-hmm. but there's just a lot going on. It's going down at beautiful Owl Stadium in Joshua. 7.30 p.m. Friday night. As for the third consecutive year, it the is... The sixth time the past three years. The sixth time in the last three seasons is the Waco La Vega Pirates and the Argyle Eagles going at it. And look, the story of this matchup is super easy to tell. It's super easy to tell. Argyle wins in the regular season, and then La Vega beats him in the playoffs. And the question this year is, should we expect anything different? Because so far, through five meetings, it has held to form. Okay, Argyle has not lost to La Vega in the regular season, and La Vega has not lost to Argyle in the playoffs. Now, I do think it is worth mentioning that... Go back to those games um, in which uh, those I'm sorry those regular season games uh, in past years between mm-hmm. these two they were pretty close they were they were most certainly very competitive 
Um, in fact, you go back to let me pull it up. Well, no, Ish, to, Ish was at the game two years ago, and he he left feeling like Vegas should have won the regular season meeting. I know that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so you go back to 2018. 2018 regular season game, Argyle wins 31-29. Okay, then what I guess would be in the state regional final, in the regional final, uh, La Vega claps him back 31-14. Okay, mm-hmm. last year, Argyle won the game 49-35, 45 or 14 point win. As you mentioned, Ish came away saying like, you know what, La Vega left some points on the table. They didn't play. They, they didn't play up to their paper. In the playoffs, they got their clap back. 44-20, La Vega wins. Well, this year, the regular season game was not really much of a contest. No. Argyle, um, Argyle came out from the jump and, and blew the Vegas doors away. They really did. And and they played very well, very smart, and they ran the ball well with Braden Baker. They got a they got a, and Knox Scruggins, Braden Baker rather. Uh, they got a, they got an efficient game from CJ Rogers. I think they were still trying to figure out. I think they I think Argyle came out with a pretty vanilla game plan in that one, and um and they but more importantly they just stifled Lavega offensively. Like mm-hmm. Lavega had nothing offensively, and so now the question is, I, I think the only question in this game, okay, the only question in this game is has Lavega figured it out offensively. I think that's that's literally the only question I have. Now, there's reason to believe they have. Uh, I believe was Air Rawls hurt before this game? Yeah, yeah. Rawls got hurt against Waco Conley. Conley, okay. So, so he's so then, and, I, and I think I I definitely think La Vega offensively is better than they yep. were early in the year. Rawls is back. They figured out how to use Jordan Rogers in, in a way that that makes him uh, a kind of a. a, a a real weapon for the Pirates offense. Obviously, they have Jar- Jarquay Walton, uh, who's a great running back. I, I, I think La Vega will move the ball much better against Argyle than they have in the past. I mean, this game comes down to can La- the La Vega defense mm-hmm. slow down the Argyle offense? Because really, no one ha- has been able to do that all year, with the exception – Paris kind of slowed Argyle down in their in their Week 11 game, uh, but it wasn't – Paris didn't have enough offensive punch to, to make it a game. So um, – that's the question here is can La Vega's defense, does Don Hyde, Hyde and that La Vega coaching staff have something up their sleeve this week to slow Argyle down? Well, and that's the question. And that's, that's, this, is, this is the worst part of this, okay? This is the worst part of it. Because I'm going to be honest, I think on paper, I don't think there's a way you can pick La Vega. I don't. Mm-hmm. They already have a win over them. They are. They have been absolutely dominant. They're a team that has, like, there's been no, there's been no sign of even struggle. I mean, last week, Stephenville tried to make it interesting for a moment, and then Argyle just ran away from them, right? There's there really nothing to see. But you have this one nagging thing, which is, are you really going to be dumb enough to pick against La Vega against, uh, in, in the playoffs? Like, are you going to be dumb enough to do that? Because, because here's the thing. Computer, computer's kind of got this sniffed out. The computer has Argyle by 11, Mm-hmm. I think on paper, this is a 21-point game. I think on paper, you look at our guy like, nobody's slowing them down. Nobody's, I mean, they, 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 they've been held under 30 points one time. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I, 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 I'm picking Argyle. I think yeah. you have to pick Argyle. I think they're the, they're the number one team in the state for a reason. But don't be surprised if we're on here next week talking about, man, we are so dumb. Yeah, Don Hyde did it again. 
He Don Hyde and that and those kids did it again. So I, I'm I'm I was pretty confident the last two years Lavega was going to beat Argyle in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Pretty you confident. Uh, I'm not. I do, I do not have that same feeling this week. So if Lavega proves me wrong, they prove me wrong, and I'll be first to admit it here. But yeah. just don't have that. I don't have that same feel this year. I think I think you're right. I just think Argyle's. I think Argyle. You know the difference is, I think Argyle's offensive line is better. And, and that may be the difference. Like, yes, they've got the playmakers. Yes, they've got Tito Bice. Yes, they've got uh, C.J. Rogers. They've got Cole Kirkpatrick. And, and, and their defense, I do think, is improved. But I think it comes down to the fact that, like, you go back to the past couple of years, LaVega's just straight up eating their lunch up front. Just eating their lunch. And I just don't think that that's going to happen. I think that they can play it. I think LaVega can play it to a draw. But I'm not sure that they can go and just absolutely dominate up front the way that they have the past years. That's that's my take, and I am really excited to get a text from Don Hyde at what time is this game? Seven thirty, <laughs> ten o'clock Friday night, saying, "Hey, dumbass!" Yeah, we did it again. <laughs> he did it again. He will. He, Don Hyde will too. <laughs> Don Hyde's got a long. He's got a long memory. He's got it queued up right now. He has yeah. it queued up, and his finger is just oversend. Yeah. Hey, coach, how are you? Good luck. Hey, good luck Friday night. Good luck. Yeah, have a good one. All right. That's my first pick. I'm taking Argyle and LaVega. What's your first pick? I want to stay in 4A Division One, but I'm going to go down to Region 4 for a really fascinating matchup here between uh, – It's. It, I don't want to quite call it the tortoise versus the hare, but it's 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 does the slow and steady pace of the Cal Allen Wildcats mm-hmm. do it again against the dynamic, speedy – up-tempo LBJ Wildcats out of Austin. Friday night, 7.30 in Pleasanton. Um, I love this contrast and styles matchup because Cal Allen is more than happy to line up and just pound, pound, pound between the tackles, take three, four yards at a time, and just frustrate the living hell out of LBJ. Um, I saw LBJ Saturday afternoon against Alice just – throttle the Coyotes uh, 72 to 20 LBJ returns the opening kickoff for a touchdown kicks an onside kick recovers it scores one play later kicks another onside kick recovers it scores three plays later and like literally two minutes in the game it's 20 to nothing the game's over I mean the Jaguars just jumped out on Alice so fast and, and we know the the, the the talent that LBJ has with uh, Clemson commit Andrew McCuba, um, the OU commit Latrell McCutcheon uh, there for LBJ. The problem is in this game is their talents, especially in the secondary, won't really be utilized because they're going to be having to play in the box and trying to tackle Cal Allen running backs uh, mm-hmm. 30 times on, on Saturday because Cal Allen's I'll be. I'm going to set the over under at four on number of passes. If Cal yeah. Allen throws more than four passes, they're going to lose this game. Yeah. And if they throw less than four passes, they're probably going to win this game because Phil Danaher and that Cal Allen offense is going to come out. They're going to win 28 to 17. Coach Danaher is going to shake Coach Fender's hand, tell him good game, God bless you, and move on to the next round. Yeah. I just. I have a feeling Cal years. Allen. Yeah. It, I have a feeling this is a classic. Phil Danaher frustrating the hell out of a quote-unquote more talented team uh, in the third round of the playoffs. It feels like that. It feels like that. Now, I will say, and we mentioned this in the open, Cal Allen got, man, Region 4, a 4A Division 1, got wild last week. It, it got it, weird, yeah. It did. You had you had Miller, of course, with the win over Lampasses. You had Bernie. We haven't even mentioned them. 
they upset Cal- oh, Calhoun. Yes. Now we'll put a, I'll, put, I'll put an asterisk on the Bernie Calhoun game. Steve Johnson did not play for Calhoun in that game. Oh no, he didn't. Oh, no, he had a, he got a concussion, so he didn't play. So that's a. Don't want to take any way thing, anything no. away from Bernie, but I kind of am by saying this. But but I think you have to. That's an, I mean, Steve Johnson really made Calhoun go, and I think yeah. it's an important note to make yeah. in that game for sure. Uh, the other one was when, when you know LBJ over Alice was the chalky one, but then Cal Allen had all sorts of trouble with Canyon Lake, yeah. and can Calhoun had to score. Cal Allen had to score late in the game, and and Ish was in our Slack chat yelling because Cal Allen was getting into the shotgun. Yes, Cal Allen busted out the spread offense. What are you yeah. doing? And then they ran the quarterback draw, and we're like, oh, Phil Danaher. You got him. You sly, you sly guy, you know. You sly dog. Um, yeah, I think this is a super interesting game, and I think that you're right. That, that like, this, this reminds me – you know what this kind of reminds me of? Go back to when Cal Allen was in the semifinals in 2000 and – was that 16? 17? They played Fort Bend Marshall. Fort, Fort, Fort uh, no, 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 I'm sorry. When they were in the, when they won the semifinal at the Alamo Dome, uh, and I got the Greg Tipper uh, from from Danaher. Um, Who's they beat in the semi before was they that Bernie champion? No, that, that, that would have been. It, it was the year they played Alito, right? Yeah. Who did they beat? Now we're looking this up now. I'm looking it up. Um, no, who did? Um, gosh, bless it. 2016, maybe they, they lost to Argot. Yeah, they lost to Alito. Uh, they beat College Station. Mm-hmm. That was a high-powered College Station team, and this this feels like that, where there's no doubt who's got the playmakers. I mean, they had Marquez Perez. Mm-hmm. Like they had that team was loaded. Right, absolutely loaded, and Cal Allen just like doop doo doo. We're gonna win this game, thirty-one thirty. We're gonna yeah. we're gonna we're gonna take we're gonna take out what you do best. That's what it feels like to me. Now that said, LBJ's got those dudes, man. They got Dude, those dudes. LBJ is is a is a track team. They are loaded. Yeah. The, the 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 difference to me here in this game is number one. I don't think LBJ's passing game is cons- it's very hit or miss. It can be really good or it can be really not there. And I think you you know if you get one dimensional against Cal Allen you're going to struggle, and I don't think LBJ's front seven is not the strength of their defense. I literally think Cal Allen's going to going to just you know take they're literally just going to they're not going to run outside the tackles the whole game. They're going to run three four yards at a time, and they're going to hold the ball for eight or nine minutes. And right. if you do that, you have to be so efficient on offense yourself because your touches are so limited. I can totally see Cal Allen leading this game 14 to nothing at halftime and, and kind of a little bit of panic setting in with LBJ because they only had two possessions in the first half. Yeah. It's that's an interesting game. That Cal Allen does. Yeah, that's exactly it. It, it, it is. So it, that's, that's super interesting game. I'm glad you took Cal Allen LBJ. I am going to go to 2A. I am going to go to Breckenridge, Texas at Buckaroo Stadium. 2 p.m. Friday. Remember, it is Thanksgiving week, so we're going to have games. How many games are Thursday? Just one. Just one? 
Just one. It's it, fr- fr- it's going to be a wow. real. He- it's going to be all day Friday. Fr- Friday is going to be a a buffet of football, and then there's it, it, but Saturday is real light. So I mean, it's it's almost all like there's in the playoffs. There's one at least an eleven man. There's one game on Thursday, and three on Saturday. Yeah, and that leaves what forty four on Friday. There are, yeah, there are three. There are three Saturday six man games. Uh, so but so there I think there are more six man games on Saturday than there are eleven man playoff games. Yeah, because only Wimberley, Senton, and Graham Aubrey right now I have a Saturday. No, anyway. there's um, uh, Tim. Is it? There's there's another one in Athens. I think. I think it's. Uh, and I'll tell you, yeah, Tenaha and Chilton are also Saturday. Oh, Tenaha and Chilton. Oh, I still got yeah. that TBD. Anyway, anyway, that's neither here nor there. That's not the point. That's not the point, Step. Sorry. The point is 2 p.m. Friday at Breckenridge's Buckaroo Stadium. Beautiful Buckaroo Stadium. I've been Beautiful there. Buckaroo Stadium. It is the Windthorst Trojans and the Albany Lions. And I think this I think this is a perfect game. This this is this I, my my final two picks of this draft are borderline hipster. They're borderline hipster, but man, I think this game is awesome. I think part of it is that I don't think people know how good Winthorst is. Dude, Winthorst is, is frightening. Yeah, I, I got some hell in the preseason because I picked Winthorst over Hamlin to win the region. Yeah. And, you know, I Winthorst mean, lost to Hamlin in the regular season 14 to nothing, but, you know, that was a competitive, I mean, it's 14 nothing. That was a competitive game. Yeah. Winthorst is legit. And we're and we're game away potentially from getting a rematch. Um yeah. But Winthorst is a team that the defense has been lights out all year long. And they, the Belcher, I think they're cousins. Mm-hmm. Um, Cy Belcher, yeah, Cy Belcher and Ethan Belcher have been tremendous. Um, Albany, Albany woke up in a bit. You know, we've talked about, I, I might even, did I even preview the Albany game last week against Rawls? I think I might have. I'm just an Albany stamp. Um, they got it rolling last week, didn't they? They do, man. They hit the Jets last week against all against Rawls and and found a way against I think a super an underrated Rawls team. And the way that game, the running game going got going, uh, you know, Coil of Fever was great. Team Newton was great. I mean, this team this team really hit the Jets last week. And so, what I think is interesting about this matchup, besides everything, but one of the things that I find particularly interesting in this one is. These are two defenses that I think have – I'm not sure they have faced an offense that can challenge them in a while. So for for Windthorst, the last time – because the thing is, like, yeah, they played Munster in district, but, like, Munster is not a high-powered offense. That is a team that wins defensively. Mm -hmm. Um, you can make a real argument the last time they played uh, an offense that was worth uh, – that, that could challenge them was when they played Hamlin uh, back in, 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 I guess, October, early October. For Albany, this, it's kind of the same thing. Yeah, Rawls kind of runs that kind of weird offense, but they, they were able to hold them down. The last offense they played, probably Hamlin <laughs> back yeah. on like September 11th. Mm-hmm. So, so this is the best offense both these defenses have seen in a while. Um who is able to kind of get that running game going because that is where both of these teams is bread of uh, bread is buttered is, is running the ball. I think that makes this a really interesting matchup that um, I wonder if Winthorpe's defense might end up being giving them just a slight edge. I think that's the way I have it pegged as well. I think Winthorpe's, 
the defense is what make gives gives me gives me the notion to pick them in this game. Um, Albany's got the more high powered offense, I think, but I think Winthorpe is a more complete team. I think that's that's the key in this ballgame. I think you're right. All right, what's your second pick, Matthew? I, I guess I'm going to take the obvious game that's still on the board. Um, the game that is going to be at one o'clock Friday at Waco ISD Stadium, as for the fifth time in three years. The Grandview Zebras take on the Malakoff Tigers. And if you're Malakoff, you know, th- this is a little different than the way La Vega-Argyle game because La Vega and Argyle have kind of gone back and forth, at least regular season playoffs. With Malakoff, it's we lose to Grandview in excruciating fashion every single time mm-hmm. <laughs> in a close game. And it's now or never for Malakoff and these seniors because this is their fifth shot at Grandview in the last three years. They played – they played twice in 2018. Grandview won both meetings, including in the state championship game. They played once in 2019, and Malakoff lost by a point. They played earlier this year, and I believe Malakoff took Grandview to overtime, if memory serves correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, but they lost in the close game. Let me double-check the score on that game. It was... Close. Yeah, 31-24 in the season yeah. opener. So, I mean... It's it's now or never for Malakoff, and they're playing about as well as anyone in the state right now. The, mo- the most shocking stat in, in the entire state that I looked up last week was in the last seven weeks, Malakoff has outscored their opponents four hundred and thirteen to fourteen. La- that's, it's just Dude. shocking dominance they from Malakoff. Beat the breaks off of Potts, bro. That is that is what was, was the score fifty two nothing fifty two to nothing, and that was that's a that's a. Really good Pottsboro team. Dude, and I'm going to be honest, I do not think it was that close. No, like, it probably could have been – it could have been in the 70s probably. They absolutely clobbered them, yes. And, you know, they, Darian Peace, Deuce Hart, this this offense is, is humming. And, and the Malakoff defense really doesn't have any big names, but they're just – they're pulling lights out football right now. That's a, that's a dynamic, dynamic Pottsboro offense mm-hmm. that could not even score a point. I guess, I mean, you remember what Pottsboro did in Grandview? Had that shootout in the state title game last year, you know? Mm-hmm. And Pottsboro brought a lot of those guys back. And Malakoff completely shut them down. Now, you, you look at Grandview on the other side, and they've got that dude in Dane Yetch. Uh, the four-year mm-hmm. starter, He's they've won 37 out of the last 38 games. Yench has led them to two state titles. Last week, they, they jumped on Tatum. You know, we, we thought Tatum might give Grandview a game. And Grandview jumped on them real quick and and just put the game away. Really, really by halftime, the game was out of reach. And this this sophomore wide receiver, Case in English, what a game he had. He had two interceptions, a 70-yard touchdown catch, and also returned a kickoff 91 yards to the three-yard line to set up a Grandview touchdown. Um, big game for him. Grandview knocked off Tatum 49-23. to uh, But I don't really think it was that close. I think Tatum got a couple touchdowns late mm-hmm. to kind of – you know, do a little window dressing. Uh, so Grandview's playing well as well. I mean, this is this is the game. Um, I mean, if you're going off how the two teams are playing, it's hard to pick against Malakoff because there's no one in the state of Texas, and regardless of classification, playing playing in, in as dominant as Malakoff is at the moment. But there's just no way you can pick. I can pick against against Grandview here and. And when in, in this game, Grandview's got Malakoff's number. They're the two-time defending champs, and they've got the guy who just doesn't seem to let his team lose. Dan Yinch, mm. for whatever reason, just just will not let 
his ball flow blues. And he finds a way every week to get it done. And when, when the chips are down, he, he's found a way. And I think the chips will be down on Friday afternoon. Malakoff is going to push Grandview more than they've ever been pushed before because this is it for this senior, this really decorated senior class at Malakoff. This is their last hurrah. And I think, you know, you lose this game. This is a kind of take it to your grave game for Malakoff because if they don't win this game, I don't know if they'll ever, ever get it done. Yeah, you know? I mean, this is this is the team. This is the team. But th- I mean, but this is <laughs> I mean, they're going against the t- they're going against the guy. In, it's, in Yench, it's the you final know? boss. Yeah, it's the final boss. Dane Yench is the final boss. Yes, he he is Mike Tyson on Mike Tyson's Punch Out. Yes, God, yeah. I'm so and, old. And it's like, yeah, he's not unbeatable, but like you got to play almost perfect, and and that's that's what makes that super interesting is. Can they can they do what basically nobody has done, which is in the big moment, can they find a way to stop him? And I don't want to put it all on him because he's got a great team around him too. But I mean, that's that's the name of the game. Like you know, like a lot of that. Look, go back to Miller and 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 land passes. It came down to can Miller stop Ace Whitehead when the chips were down, and they did. Mm-hmm. They did. Mm-hmm. So it's not impossible to stop Superman. Yeah, but you got to do it. You got to do it. Yeah, I mean, it's, I'm, it's this is the one. I mean, I'm not going to be at this game Friday, but I'll be watching this one. Yeah, really, really close. This is a game one I'm going to have Friday, my eye on. And yeah, I'm going to be streaming the heck out of that. It's going to be great. All right, good pick. I, I'm going super hipster. I'm since we're not having a hipster game this week. I'm going super hipster. Matt Step. Let's go 7:30 p.m. Friday night at Tiger Stadium in Corsicana. Can I interest you in what I think is a super sneaky, interesting game between the undefeated Norman G. Panthers and the 9-3 Beckville Bearcats? Okay, I'm interested. Okay. This game, the more I dig into this, the more I'm intrigued. Okay? So Beckville coming off of a really nice win over Hearn, previously unbeaten Hearn last week, 41-38. They held them off. Um, and, and you look up and down their schedule and you're like, all right, this is the team that I don't think has any signature wins, but I also don't think they have any bad losses. Like Hearn's probably their signature win at this point because their losses right now are to Hawkins, who was undefeated. Mm-hmm. They were district champion. Uh, to Harlington, not a bad loss. Lost, lost by three points in, in, in their uh, – they started off 0-2. And they lost by, to Joaquin – uh, eight to six in the opener in an extremely weird game. Um, but this is a team that has grown up in a hurry. They've got and and I watched a decent amount of film this week on this game on this weekend on this, which is they so they have they have a junior quarterback named Ryan Harris, and they have a freshman running back named Jacoby Williams who's already over twelve hundred yards this year. They have those two guys. And, and I'm going to be honest, I think they have four plays, okay? I watched it. They are a power spread team, and they run zone read, zone read keep, zone read like flare, zone read like trap. That's it. That's it. But you know what? They bowl people over. Beckville has been really impressive, and, and they were able to get past Hearn. And remember, Hearn's calling card this year was defense. Mm-hmm. They were able to really uh, light them up a bit. It was very impressive uh, to, to beat Hearn. So now you take on Normandy. And Normandy is one of those teams in those in that wide open region three 
that we were like, all right, there's going to be at least a couple of these under undefeated teams that we think are frauds. I don't think it's Normandy. I think this team's serious. Mason Hardy, their quarterback, has been great. They hit a couple of big plays every game. Uh, Isaiah Jones, their running back, has been excellent. Uh, he's one of their best. He was one of their best. Uh, he's an exceptional receiver as well out of the backfield. Um, this is a team that I think, and you got a, a guy with uh, championship pedigree or title game pedigree, and Keith Sitton leading the way. Um, you know, a guy who who has, who has done a great job with Normandy there. This is to me, and look, I think a lot of people are going to look at this and be like, oh, well, you know, it doesn't really matter. They're probably going to lose to Timpson next week. I'm not so sure, man. I think these are two teams that are unique challenges to one another mm-hmm. and are hard to game plan for in one week. And as a result, I'm super interested in this game. And I think, I mean, we, we started from the from the open. We were breaking down the brackets at 2A Division One. When we got to Region 3, it was a big shrug. Yeah. Right? It was a big shrug. It was. Now you're in a regional semifinal. So you're getting down to the nitty-gritty. Like, who can who can kind of step up in a big way? I think this game's super interesting. And and I think this game has a chance. The other thing about this, and I looked this up. Uh, these teams have played a grand total. These two programs have played a grand total of eight games in the third round of the playoffs in their history. Eight wow. games. This will be nine and ten. These are, are not combined, programs with pedigrees. They, they are a combined one and seven. Okay? Only one time Beckville beat Wortham to make it to what I think was the semifinal in 2000. That's the farthest they've ever gone. Normandy's already in done. They're 0-6 all-time in three in third third round games. So we're in uncharted territory. Somebody's going to punch that ticket and have a great shot next week in a, re- in a regional final. Um, I'm, I think there's a lot of intrigue in this game. I'm excited about it. Normandy and Beckville. I'm That's interested mine. in this one as well. I mean, Beckville right now, I know Normandy is the undefeated team. But Beckville is, is, seems to be that they're effing. They're, they're that effing team right now. They're just they they're are. just finding ways to win. So they are finding they they are it's it's a, it's big big Pottsboro energy from last year. So Pottsboro That's a good just that team comp, you, yeah. You you just couldn't kill. It's yeah. like like you're supposed to be dead six times over. Why are you still here? Beckville's a problem, man. They're a problem. And I think that what you're seeing is a, a young team that's now got enough experience under their belt that it's a problem. So I'm excited for it. What is your third and final pick, Matthew? I'm going to go 7 o'clock Friday night at Pirate Stadium there in Lubbock Cooper uh-huh. as the it's a, the second game of a doubleheader, a, re, a regular season playoff doubleheader. Uh, if you're looking for a good game, a couple of good games to watch this week, uh, go to Lubbock Cooper because their two o'clock game is Wichita Falls Rider and Lubbock Cooper. A spoiler, great spoiler alert. Tune yeah. into our six a and five a yeah. podcast. That's the two o'clock game. The <laughs> seven o'clock game is Panhandle and Post. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, this is a fantastic matchup. Panhandle right now is playing about as well as anyone, and and, and we've always known that the Panthers' offense was state title good. Um, but their defense has come around. This is a defense that early in the year was bad, objectively yeah. bad. They gave up 91 points to Eastland. <laughs> this is how bad they were. They scored. Sorry, I don't mean to laugh, but <laughs> Panhandle threw up. Panhandle put up a 70 spot and lost by three touchdowns. That's how bad their defense was. They've they've gotten it together, and last week I think was their signature win. They, they take on a really good San Saba squad, mm-hmm. and after a 14-14 first half, they hit the Jets in the second half and pull away for a 49-35 to win. 
the offense racked up 600 yards almost. I mean, it's been putting up huge numbers all year. They did it again. Uh, you know, Wes Jones, um, the Ashley kid who's the son of the head coach, uh, Zion Mercer, they've got a ton of weapons at Panhandle, and they can put up points in a hurry. But but their defense has slowly gotten better each and every week, and that's really what's been the difference in getting this team to this point. But they've got a ma- major task ahead of them this week, taking on Post, uh, because Post has, you know, very quietly, they're, they're the quietest number three team in the state of Texas because Shiner and Refurio down in Region 4 get all the love into a Division One, And Post is just up here, you know, just south of Lubbock, just kind of, you know, hey, guys, we're here. You know, we played for a state championship last year, but no one really talks about us. And they just go out and just annihilate everyone. Yeah. And last week, you know, Anson was, was game. They, they, they hung around. It was 20-6 to six at halftime. And then Post rolls up 41 second-half points. They have three one-play touchdown drives in the third quarter and just dominate, winning 61-6. to six. Um, The Antelopes, you know what, what, you, you know what Post is going to do. They are going to line up, and they're going to run the football. They're going to be physical. But, but they're an explosive running team. They've got some really good athletes, good team speed. And their defense is this is a veteran unit from last year. You know, they brought back, I think, seven or eight starters from their state title, state runner up defense last year. They're back. Um, they're going to have a big challenge ahead of them with Panhandle. And I think that that matchup of the post defense and the Panhandle offense is going to be really, really fun to watch because those are two elite, elite units there in Region 1. And I, th- I think this game's going to be going to come down to pace. You know, Panhandle's going to want to speed post up. They're going to want to get this tempo up into the 40s and 50s and, and make it a make it a high-scoring game. And I think Post is going to try to keep it, you know, in the 30s. I think Post wants to slow the game down and, and kind of play their game. I don't think they want to get into a shootout uh, with Panhandle. So this is a really good 2A Division One game in the regional semifinals, and I'm really interested to see if Panhandle can can get it done and pull, pull an upset for the second straight week. Yeah, it's kind of funny that, like, you know, you mention um... – you mentioned that Post kind of seems to be flying under the radar for a team that's just absolutely obliterating teams. But it's like like I remember going out to Brownwood with, with, with you last year to watch Post and uh, Valley View in the semifinal. And we were going out there, and then like we were like Post started pulling away. It was close early, and then it became like 21-7. And it was like, okay, we know which way this thing's going. Uh, and then you start looking up and down their roster, and it was all juniors. Yeah. All of them. It's a young like, team. Sladen Pittman, Ashton Jefferson, all of their key components, all of their key weapons, maybe outside of – they had that big receiver on the outside whose name uh, – Tatum Thetford. Tatum Thetford. Yeah. He was basically the only, like, key cog on as far as offensive weapons are concerned that was a senior. Everyone else was, like, like underclassmen. And so mm-hmm. now you're starting to see that come to fruition. The other thing about that – this is kind of a shocking stat, Okay. They have picked off 21 passes this year. That's incredible. They've picked off 21 passes in 12 games. They're averaging nearly two interceptions a game. I mean, they are they they put the pressure on you. And and that defense, for all we talk about the big explosive offense, that defense is pretty nasty as well. That's what makes this a really interesting test. Like, how do they attack what has been a wide open, crazy offense there for Panhandle? Um, I, I think you're right. I think this game has fun written all over it. Like yes, this is this is going to be one of those games that you just like buckle in and you just like get your popcorn ready. Like it's going to be fun. 
Um, so there you go. There is your week, your regional semifinal draft. I got, I took Argyle, La Vega, Winthorst, Albany, and Beckville, Normandy. Step took Cal Allen, LBJ, Grandview, Malakoff, and Panhandle, and Post. So what's your weekend look like? Week, weekend, what, I don't know. I don't know. You're going to pick a kick off Thursday. Well, actually, I'm kicking off Wednesday on my birthday. I appreciate I didn't even realize it's the birthday edition. Yes, I appreciate Devin Doris scheduling a Wednesday afternoon game for me on my birthday. I'll I'll be in Azel on Wednesday for uh, Justin Northwest and Azel, which is a a good regular season game. That that, that should decide second place in District uh, 3 5 Division 1. Dude, so. that's gonna be like like you know what they got you for your birthday is a bunch of points. Yeah, it's gonna be real pointsy, I think. So uh, <laughs> it starts at twelve and it may not end until five thirty. So that'll be my uh, Wednesday game, and then Thursday I'm headed out to Big Spring for a Class Four A Division One playoff game as the Dumas Demons take on the Springtown Porcupines. Great mascot matchup mm-hmm. and a rematch of a regional final from last year. So. That'll be my Thursday game in Dumas. Uh, Friday afternoon, I will be at, in Stephenville at Tarleton State for uh, Jim Ned and Brock. Another really good 3A Division One matchup here. I think Jim Ned, this, this is probably Brock's toughest challenge inside of Region 1. I agree. Um, I mean, Jim Ned's a really underrated ball club. Uh, that's my Saturday afternoon game. Saturday night, I'm headed over to Waco ISD for uh, the first of the 13 3A Division II semifinals as Buffalo takes on Rogers. Uh, that's the two versus three matchup as District 13 decided to just go ahead and dominate Region 4. Yeah. Um, so that's going to be my Friday night game. And then Saturday afternoon, a Saturday afternoon special at Rutledge Stadium in there, down there in the San Antonio area as the Wimberley Texans take on the Senton Pirates in a mm-hmm. Class 4A Division II Region 4 matchup. Um, should we tattle on Chad Worrell? Oh no, that's not. That's not. <laughs> we'll, we'll we won't tell on him for now. We'll see, we'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah. I'll just say this: there are coaches who are superstitious, yes, and 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 think because I've had this too. I've had coaches like for like we were talking about with La Vega and Argyle. I guarantee you, like Don Hyde is thrilled that we're both picking La, La Argyle. Like absolutely, positively thrilled. Oh yeah, for sure. That's all he wants. It'll be on the bulletin board for sure. Oh, absolutely. Be like, they don't believe in you. They think that you're. They think that you're terrible. It's like we don't. We think you're awesome, but we didn't. You know, we just think somebody else is better. Yes, exactly. <laughs> anyway, there you go. That's going to do it for us. That is our regional semifinal edition. Uh, stay tuned to this feed as we will have uh, a uh, our our six eight five eight week ten preview coming up for you shortly. Thanks for being a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider and Step. Thanks for your courage. Thank you. We'll see you next time on Tepping Stuff.